All right, welcome everyone to the Love Shared Podcast, the show that explores how God is moving in the community at the River Church in Redlands. We are in episode five tonight. We're going to be talking about worship in the church, loud worship, quiet worship, how to improve people's feelings and answer phone calls in worship. Uh, I'll hang up on that telemarketer. <laughs> how to improve, oh my goodness. <laughs> It's crazy around here. Okay. Two minus 45 seconds and yeah. things are really how, how to improve people's uh, <laughs> feelings. Uh, and uh, yes, okay. We're going to let it all hang out here. All right. First, let's introduce our podcast hosts. Uh, surveys tell us that people enjoy Nick Intout singing most at a distance. <laughs> These same survey results suggest that he should incorporate more dancing during his sermons. You can't argue oh. with scientific results on these things, folks. You can't. <laughs> Terry Heemstra once went toe-to-toe with Barbara Streisand in a duct tape sculpture-making contest and Ooh. lost. That good. I would <laughs> have lost, yep. But, but she talked Streisand into recording her outgoing voice message on her cell phone as a consolation prize. My I name is Mark Leonard. I was put on this earth to shed the light of truth onto every unfounded argument that Nick makes during the next 45 minutes recording this episode. And finally, tonight we have a guest with us uh, to help guide our discussion, musician and occasional worship leader at the river. Welcome, Katie Langley. Happy to be here with you guys. Hey, could you start off just by introducing yourself, uh, telling us who you are, what you do, where you come from, all that stuff, Katie? Sure thing. Uh, so I grew up in San Bernardino, right next to Redlands. Uh, moved out here, uh, I think it was four years ago now with my family. Um, kind of stumbled across the river, didn't didn't know anyone there, and and uh, happened to walk in one morning. And uh, you guys, you guys had I think three baptisms, a wedding, <laughs> a children's program, and like special worship all in one morning. And I walked away going, that's family life in the in a church. That's super cool. Um, and it's been, it's been such a joy and such an honor to get to know folks at the river and get plugged in there. Um, uh, yeah, I've gone to, gone to school locally, uh, trying to, trying to think what else. Yeah. I, I love the local community and, and what Redland stands for and, and what the river stands for. And it's been, it's been exciting to, to get to know, uh, the thwarting of, of plans within people at the river <laughs> going at the, uh, at the dancing and stuff like that. It's been a fun community to get engaged with. And you're a Minnesota Twins fan. You know, we don't have to talk about that tonight. Baseball oh, starts okay. tomorrow, so smack talk right. can start tomorrow, All too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, Nick, did you have something to start us off, or can I can I go to Terry? I got the I got the rapid fire, Lynn. All yes. right. Set it, set it up a little bit, will you? Well, we don't have a rapid fire. If you recall, we talked about the unexpected question. I got that too. All right, okay. let's get here you go. The, the unexpected question. This is the part of the show where we surprise our guest with a question they never saw coming. Never. Yeah. And I'm going to do shocked. that. I'm going to do that in a minute, Katie. But first, mm. um, I want to do something else, and that's rapid fire questions. See, why I, do you do this? We work this all out. What is happening? I told you I had rapid fire questions. So here they are, Katie. I thwarted that. I said, we're not going to do that. We're going to do the unexpected question. You attempted to thwart. We need to keep it together, guys. 
for the cool. live feed. Okay. <laughs> so, Katie, here Gary you go. with the voice of reason. The last time I tried this, it failed miserably because the questions were not ones you could answer rapidly. <laughs> I, I really am hoping to do this in under a minute. So what you're saying so, is it would be fantastic if I took as long as possible answering them in order to, you know, keep that batting average at zero for you. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to set my timer. Okay, all right. <laughs> so are you ready for oh, this? Oh, this just turned into minute to win it. Yeah, I'm ready. The, the first couple are from a game I like to call Would You Rather. And so here we go. They are uh, worship-related. And my first question is in regards to your preference, your taste. Uh, you have tickets to a concert. And mm. would you rather go to Lecrae or Phil Wickham? Oh, man. We're going to have to go with Lecrae. Yeah. That was a good choice. More rap, <laughs> more rap than uh, what, do you, what, what do you call Phil Wickham? Well, I've seen Phil Wickham more recently. See? Oh, so okay. I saw him a couple rapid. months ago. So rapid. it's time to go yeah. with Lecrae. 30 okay. seconds. All right. Uh, on stage at a mm. concert. Let's say even a worship venue, smoke machine or disco ball? Smoke machine, hands down. Okay. Uh, organ or piano? Both. It's, it's either or. I just, really made it. I just made it both. Thwarted. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can have one without the other very easily, honestly. You don't need that organ. Two, organ without piano. One. Okay, Taylor, up. All right, Taylor Swift, <laughs> last question. And last, yes. would you rather Taylor Taylor yes. Swift, country <laughs> artist or pop artist? Oh, country turned pop artist. Okay, okay. I mean, what do you prefer her as? Which pop. I prefer her <laughs> as a pop artist. Me too. Okay. Just because that's what she's good at right now. Okay, okay. Um, and then my last question. Uh, you know, like all good worship leaders, when they throw their hands up in the air. Um, you see a tattoo to show that they had a past. Uh, I know you don't have any tattoos, uh, so clearly you have no past. Do you know that? No past. But, <laughs> but if you were to get a tattoo on your arm that when you uh -huh. threw your hands up in the air and waved them uh -huh. like you just didn't care, uh, right. and a, on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whatever, uh, wherever you're leading worship, uh, mm -hmm. what would you get a tattoo of that the world might know? Uh, something mm. about you and that what you I have about. like a past and yeah um I'm super obsessed with those like PC lions I really really like lions but you know like Lion oh. King status where it's like multiple pieces to the to the picture and stuff yeah so it's not actually... just not just the lion face or like the head but the whole lion uh that's still that's still debatable like the like the thing that Rafiki draws on the tree yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you should get that. <laughs> I can picture that. I can picture that. Okay. Um, thank you for rapid fire uh, questions. That how, Terry, how much time was that? It was over a minute. <laughs> but barely. It wasn't much over. We a did good. Like, we you did, did really like good. a minute and a half because you and you asked more questions than you said you were gonna ask. Them. And you asked clarifying questions, and it was like six <laughs> minutes longer than you said we were gonna do in the first place. We thought we were gonna <laughs> okay. Do that. okay. All right. Not that not that Mark is trying to keep Nick on track right now. Not at all. I'm I'm ready to move to the next section, Mark, when you are. Do you have an unexpected question for I do. Uh, do you have something that is going to blow her mind? Something that she never saw coming? It, Can yes. we just clarify that the last like seventeen questions were all unexpected too? Hit so this has to true. be extremely good. This has to be like really good. 
I think it is. I think it is. Okay, here's my question for you. If suddenly during this podcast uh, there was like a mechanism that uh, the Holy Trinity, the Father and Son and Holy Ghost, were able to teleport you to the throne room of grace with like your guitar, and uh, you were standing there with your guitar, and Jesus uh, leans over to you and says, Katie, play us a song. Okay, so the Trinity mm -hmm. just asked you, like ushered you into their presence in the throne room, and um, God wants a, wants a song. What song would you sing to the Lord? Free Bird. No, this is Katie's question. Katie's question. Um, Lenny, you would sing Freebird? Does that have words to it? It does. Okay. You know, I, know. I, would, I would love to say that I'd have a new song by that point. You know, like, I would love to think that I would actually get songwriting skills at no, that No, it point. happens right now. It's, it's like... You're there. It, you're there. Okay, then it would it would probably inevitably be Hallelujah by Johnny Swim. How does that? What is that song? I have to look that one up. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but it's basically a, a it's got a couple verses about like our journey, and and then it uh, circles back to the chorus every time, just being like uh, Hallelujah, and the and the refrain is My heart, your love never parted. So that Ooh. would probably be the. The apropos, most apropos song I could come up with for that That's situation. Good. Yeah, That's my good. heart, That's your really love good. never parted. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna look that song up. It's fantastic. You'll love it. Cool. Thank you. That was a tough question. You did really well. Thanks. Pass nice test job. one. That yeah. is a tough question. Very well it's done. A very difficult question. I think All it was right. a tortured lead-in to the question, but <laughs> we'll go with that. All right, can we get it? Should we get into the article that Terry sent? Are we ready for that, Nick? I'm ready. We're ready. Okay. All right, Terry, you sent us an article to read um, to help us kind of dive into this topic of worship and some and different worship styles. Can you start out just by giving the people who are listening sort of the big picture of what this article is saying? Yes. Um, so this article was by Dan Wilt. Um, DanWilt.com is where it came from. And the article is um, entitled, Is It Too Loud? Worship Accompaniment versus Worship Immersion Culture. And um, it starts out kind of, the guy's telling the story about how when he worships, like he's had sort of the whole gamut of people who come up to him with complaints. And there's, you know, this idea of, you know, a kid comes to him, kid by like high school or college age is what I mean by that um, comes to him and says you know the music was too quiet you should play louder um, and then you have an old like someone older who came to him and said you know the music was too loud I can't hear anyone around me oh, yeah. and so um, basically he brings these two topics or two I wouldn't say topics they're more uh, versions of worship, yeah, and perspectives of worship, um, and to the to light. And he talks about how there's two types of worship that he sees um, that are both are good, you know, but they're just different perspectives of how worship should be. And that is 
one where um, it's music accompaniment, support us with music. We want to be able to hear those around us singing. We want to be able to um, enjoy all of the things that are going around with this and participate in this worship experience. And then there's what they call worship immersion, which is a, a lot more modern uh, millennial idea, which is um, just this, this idea that it's you're you're immersed. In, I mean, in the, it's in the name. You're immersed into this music, um, and that so much so it's it's loud enough that you can just kind of get lost in it, and and you're not hearing anything else around you. You're just lost in this worship experience. You're um, you're sort of enveloped in the sound around you. You're enveloped in the in all the music that's coming out of the speakers and the people exactly. around you. Exactly. It's that. like you're taking a musical bath. <laughs> that's a good that's a good explanation yes where did kitty go she disappeared on us um we'll hopefully get her back <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so let me just i'll just kind of explain a little bit still while i'm trying well, to get I, I thought it was interesting here. i thought it was interesting that he um th these two definitions of music or worship as accompaniment like Support us in our worship so that you kind of your background music. We want to hear the people singing around us mm -hmm. versus the immersion style, which is we don't want to hear the people around us. We want to be in this musical water bath where we're just surrounded by everything. And uh, yeah. I thought that was an interesting distinction. And I I like that he approaches this in a there's not one way or the other way that is better. Um, it, it's just that these are different perspectives of worship. And I, I think of this even in my own life. Like when I'm there on Sunday morning and I want to worship with people around me, it, it would be strange to me on a Sunday morning if, if the people around me weren't singing along and weren't singing with me because I grew up in that type of atmosphere and that to me is participating and be a part of a community of worshipers. But mm. at the same time, I love getting in my car by myself with my music as loud as possible, and most, you know, my worship music, and just like worshiping at the top of my lungs. And, and there being no other distraction of voices around me that I can just worship. So I think you know, even in one person, these two types of worships can be a good experience and the right experience. Yeah, but when you're driving and um, you're doing like the full immersion worship <laughs> and you get to a stop sign and your windows are down, I saw this the other day and uh, there was... You saw was me only... do this? or you saw No, 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 no. I saw a lady. She was next to me at a stoplight. <laughs> she, was, she, was, she was letting it go. She just I'll bet you money it was Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I did not recognize the music. Very possible. Um, but you know, there's. I guess it was it was weird, right? And I think culturally, there's something really um, vulnerable about singing because, as Mark Leonard has noted, uh, someone like myself, when I sing, um, it's you know At you're looking at. You're looking around for like where the whale has been stuck on the beach. Like it's it's stuck somewhere, and we need to find the thing. Um, because that's that's a little bit what it sounds like. But I'm in. I'm there. I'm with you. I'm right. into it. I'm letting it go. Well, and I think if you if you look at it within a church setting, oftentimes you're looking at a 
church that you walk in and it's dark, the lights are dim, it's it's a the atmosphere itself is providing an opportunity for you to feel as though you're the only one there with God, you know. Um, and as opposed to like our church, it's bright, it's all get out in there. You can see everybody and everything that's going on around you. Um, and so... But, okay, so we're right in the middle of it already. So here, here's one of the questions <laughs> I have. Is when you worship in a corporate setting, like with a, a bunch of other people, is the experience that we're hoping for as a community that people walk in and feel like they're the only ones there? Or is there uh, a communal component to it so that you are singing alongside of other people and you're acknowledging this is a very corporate activity? It's not just one voice. It's a chorus of voices. And I think that's one of the big differences is the accompaniment almost is like a choir of people singing versus, you know, the immersion, which is more like a concert where you're participating just by being present and even observation is okay at a concert. You know, like for you to go to a concert, you don't have to sing along, but there are often those people at a concert who do. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're a part of a choir and you're not singing, um, like Mark Whitfleet likes to do to me sometimes when we're in choir together and singing the same part and he just leaves me hanging, uh, <laughs> you know, you're not really fulfilling your role as a member of that choir. And so it's almost like those are the two you know, the two kind of streams that we're talking about too, choir mm -hmm. versus concert. And um, I don't know. Yes. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> the one thing that I I didn't like necessarily about the article was that he uh, very quickly went to the generational stereotype mm -hmm. where it's older people like quiet music and younger people like loud music. Yeah, which is not always true, but right. I think maybe for him it was personally true. Honestly, I mean, maybe in his church that is tends to be the way it goes. But even in our church, I can tell you that's not true because I know yeah. plenty of younger people that love the accompaniment worship. Mm -hmm. So, so, so let's we, ask Katie. What do you think of the river? Yeah. Um, you know, do you think? I, I think we've already decided this that it doesn't necessarily split through a generational divide. It splits somehow through a preference divide, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more. Katie, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think a lot of it, too, depends on what people do with the other six days of their week. You know what I mean? Like how they practice worship the other six days is going to affect the way that they see worship when they walk in on Sundays. And, and I know Terry touched on that a little bit with, um, you know, how are, how are you filling your, uh, I guess you'd say, like, how are you filling your worship tank? You know what I mean? Like if that's something that you're constantly, uh, you know, pursuing and, and practicing, like I believe worship uh, is to a certain point a skill that you, you can practice and grow in and, and learn more about and uh, develop some uh, techniques and that type of thing. So so what does your practice look like uh, every single day, not just on Sundays? I think that affects a lot of uh, how we approach Sundays um, and, and what we expect from them too, right? Like So uh, just like Terry was saying, same thing. I'll do, I'll do the same thing where my music will go full, full blast in my car and, and that's my space to like meet Jesus and be enveloped in music. Um, but, but when I play with other people, like, obviously I want, uh, and I'm just thinking even from a perspective of, of singing with people, uh, a set or something like that, I want to hear the other people, right? I want to, I want to hear and know that they're, they're with me, they're backing me up there. Um, even if we're talking about harmony parts and stuff like that, like, I want to know that, that we're all, uh, that we're all in this together and we're not left hanging, right? 
So, so I think that just is an interesting um, side to bring to it too, that, uh, you know, I definitely believe that what we do with Monday through Saturday affects very strongly those, you know, in reality, 20 to 30 minutes on Sunday so, um, and how we look at worship there. So I'm going to follow up with, with a question or a comment um, based on what you just said. One of the distinctions that he makes in this article is that there is a way of singing that is singing about God hmm. and even to God, and that would be the accompaniment sort of style, is we're singing to God, we're saying things to him, um, we're talking about him as we sing. And I wonder if for quite a long time this wasn't actually what a lot of people thought it meant to be a Christian. We talk mm. about God and we say things to God. Um, but there's a distinction he makes with the immersive worship experience, and that's that the uh, audience or the, the congregation begins to sing with God. Mm. And th I see that, I think, even in my own life, that there was a time when I shifted from uh, even my prayers and uh, my, my conversations about who God is uh, from being kind of to him and at him to more longing to just like be with him and to, um, you know, to sort of like spend time uh, in whatever communion uh, via music uh, with God. And so I guess, Katie, I'm, one of my questions, one of the things I wonder, when you're kind of setting out to create a worship experience for a congregation on a Sunday, um, are you hoping to... Which one of those words best describes what you want to see as a as a kind of emerging worship leader at uh, at the river? Yeah, um, yeah, I I love that concept too, and and I wondered if if uh, even there was a way that that sometimes those lines cross um, cross a lot, and and um, I think you can get to a place in worship where you don't even you have a hard time distinguishing those different elements, right? Um, my, my ultimate hope uh, when, I, when I put together a set or, or a um, space or something like that, I think first I want people to be with God and then out of that to talk to him um, and out of that to talk about him to others. But my, I, would, I would say I associate most strongly with or, or uh, work hardest towards making a space where people can be with God um, and then and then out of that to maybe talk to him and, and say, uh, you know, I need to uh, talk to you about what's going on here, God, or, you know, I want to tell you how excited I am about this. And then out of that to leave that space or maybe even in that space to turn to people around them and say, you know, um, this is this is what I'm learning about God. This is what I'm doing with God. But, but I would say that, like, my primary uh, focus there is, is getting people to be with God. Which is an interesting distinction. I hadn't really, uh, yeah, I, I've been chewing on on that concept from that article for a while. I hadn't really thought about that distinction very much before. Um, Terry, you're also a worship leader, and you're kind of part of uh, this. Um, I guess it was six months ago or so that the church we started to experiment more with um, new worship leaders, and so you and Katie, Aaron, and Beth have all been. Uh, sort of given opportunities to um, to lead the, the congregation. And so you've had opportunities to do that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're 
I guess, same kind of question for you. Um, is that something you're you're hoping for and planning for, like in your music, or are you mostly kind of thinking about singing about God or to God, or is there a sense of you of like the withness that um, that you're planning for, or that th- you're thinking about, or is it just something that kind of naturally occurs? Um, I think. Um, I think usually, to be honest, when I'm trying to plan songs and put things together and whatnot, I most often my thoughts go to how can this relate to what it is that they're going to be learning so that the experience is very um, connected. Um, that's probably what I go to first just because you know, we're already going to be going into the Word and trying to learn these things. How can we put take our worship in that and put them sort of together? And so that's usually where you start. But I think that also for me, um, because as a church we tend to... Uh, we we have much more of an accompaniment feel and we and that we're very that's n- not normal for us and it's very easy for us to do i think sometimes a lot of times my goal is to try to get them to a point where they can they can be immersed in this worship and and find a way to do that because i think that's harder for us as a congregation is to just let the like just to be in that moment and to experience God and to be with God and I think that's hardest for us and so I think that's what I would I I want to get them there but Mm -hmm. I think that's what the biggest challenge is for me Mm -hmm. as well because it's just it is very difficult for for even myself to to have that experience on a Sunday morning yeah Um, so so kind of nitty-gritty question, I guess. Um, one of the things that he talks about in this article, the author comes out of a, a vineyard movement, which is, um, you know, a kind of a charismatic Pentecostal mm-hmm. uh, denominational movement. Um, and one of the things he talks about is, you know, that that liturgy is important, that it's important that, that there is... Um, kind of uh, a norm that's established so that people are, are have a sense of comfort, uh, but then also that there's things that happen extemporaneously or, or even, mm-hmm. you know, there's some level of spontaneity kind of within uh, worship and within the liturgy. Um, one of the things that I think I see most clearly is is like the repetition of a certain line or a, of, a, of a chorus and in kind of like the immersive worship experience, that is part of it. What is what is that about? Um, I mean, just kind of breaking it down. I hear people uh, comment on that, and I think there are some people who, who can really engage in that and others maybe who can't as well. What's going on when we're kind of like repeating the same line or the same chorus uh, multiple times? What 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 is that? Terry, you want to start that off? Um, well, I can tell you for me what it, I mean, personally, um, when I experience that, um, 
well, first of all, usually I feel a little bit awkward at first, to be honest, because it's weird. It's it's odd to us, and so it's it's unsettling. But in some ways, that's good because it gets you unsettled and it makes you really um, have to ponder those words over and over. You know, what is it that I'm saying? Why am I saying this? Um, you know, what do I really believe about these words that I'm saying? Are they real to me? Are they, you know? And I think it's just this reiteration going through your mind of what are these and really thinking about the thing that we're actually saying from our lips um, and I think that's at least for me personally what ends up happening um, it feels unsettling because I do I need to go through those motions of why am I saying this and what am I doing why am I here and what am I working for and when I and and when it's that repetition over and over, I have the opportunity to do that instead of being distracted by the fact that there's 50 words on the screen, one after the other. You know, I don't so, have to so pay attention to that. I can just keep worshiping and, and, and thinking of those words in my head over and so over and trying. It, it kind of simplifies yeah, I think uh, so. the mm -hmm. experience for you and narrows it down to this is what it's about. Mm -hmm. that, that makes sure. sense. I get that. Yeah. Do you guys think, think do you guys feel like we have a conflict within our church community about worship right now with these two styles? Is this relevant uh, to us specifically? Yes, I think it is relevant. Yeah, I think it's a relevant discussion. And I think um, I think too the fact that music just within uh, our our broader culture, um, I would say especially especially within the Southern California culture, music is is a huge deal. Um, and, and music shaped our culture in so many ways and it's changing so rapidly. Um, y you know, even the fact that, that, uh, a lot of, a lot of folks my age will make fun of music that came out three years ago. We'll make fun of like, uh, you know, contemporary music that came out like three years ago because we're like, oh, that's so old. Like you gotta, you gotta keep up on what's coming out and stuff. Um, and, and it's moving so, so quickly. Right. So to, to translate what's going on in the broader culture to what's going on in the church. And, and uh, I think, I think it's a very relevant discussion uh, even in light of just what the culture is saying with music changing constantly. And uh, we don't, we don't sing the songs that our parents sang for the most part. Whereas you might've seen that a little more um, a couple hundred years ago or something like that, where there were songs handed down or songs that, you know, to told oral history or things like that. And that's something that um, I think we're, we're kind of losing out on for, for better or for worse. So See, and that's, that's an interesting that's, dynamic. So, here, here's my little bit of like old school or whatever. Um, I, that's one thing I love about uh, being a part of it. <coughs> that's very multi-generational is uh, that I do still sing songs that I sung when I was a kid. And I may never hear them on the radio unless I listen to like a station that's all 90s grunge rock, um, which, which then I would hear all the music I listened to as a teenager. But in a church setting, I may, um, you know, get get like new stuff as well and like fresh things. But there's a piece of history that's preserved within the song uh, that I, I really like that. Um, and I, I miss that when I'm in a community that doesn't have that. It seems to lack a kind of rootedness. And I get the tension in terms of just how do you come up with like a style that connects those things because styles seem to be much more, um, you know, those do change like you're saying. Uh, but how, that to me is the tension. How do we be a rooted community?
um, and recognize that, you know, we're not the first people to sing songs uh, of worship. Um, and also, uh, you know, remain rooted, but then recognize, but we are a unique community, a distinct one um, who is being shaped in part by the songs that we choose. And we want to choose ones that represent who we are today as well as who we were as a people, you know, 100 or 150 years ago. So that tension, I feel like, is really real for me um, in, a, in a worshiping community. I think, too, for, like, the person who's leading worship, someone like Beth or us, I think it's actually, like, a weekly struggle because it's also not just about, like, are we being relevant, but it's also, like, about are we providing... Are we really providing a way for these people to get into a mode of worship? Because you have to say, I can't do too many new songs because they don't know it. And then they can't get into this worship feel. So we need to have some songs that they know. And so we need to, so that they can actually have a chance to worship. And so it's not even just like, is this song relevant? But it's like, do they know this song? Is it too hard for them to learn? Is it too fast for them to sing it? You know, and all of those things have to come into factor when you're trying to find songs and you're trying to do that because you, because you want them to be able to worship. And I read something. It wasn't like a real long or anything, but it was just questions to ask yourself, you know, when you're getting up there and leading. And, and there were things like, you know, am I am I providing a way, am I being such a worship leader that if I were not to be there, they could still worship without me? If I were, you know, if we weren't to have the words on the screen, would they still be able to worship in that sense? If they, you know, are am I providing the right type of songs that it's not causing full distraction towards them? You know, all of those things that they come up every single week. And I think for every worship leader, they come up everywhere you go. You know, so it's not even just about is this relevant enough to the old or the new. It's It's all of those factors always come in. So all those things will always be there. I'm going to say something that, is going to bum everybody out who leads worship, like Terry and Katie and Beth, if she's listening. I'm about to totally bum you out. I dare you. By saying that music is not my mode of worship. I I don't get into a worship mode through music. Uh, I never have. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. So... That, that doesn't bum me out. Well, that part of that part of the service. Hold honestly, on, I, is, I, for those who are listening that yeah. need to understand this, you are a trained musical uh, educator. Your wife <laughs> is a, is a music teacher, music and band <laughs> teacher. She has a master's in flautery, and you guys are on leading our community in worship. You can't just two make up times, words. Flautery is not a word. Two times this is a an month, official podcast. You make up words. You like are leading worship twice a month. I just want the record to show mm-hmm. that you, more than anybody on this podcast, even have but all a of, vested. All of those things, all of all of the things you just named, those are the reasons that I can't. I don't. Yeah, get it's very hard because <laughs> with a music degree. I spent four years dissecting music, and right. so yeah. all I do is I, I sit there and I dissect exact what mm. I do. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm listening. That's for, why I didn't get a music degree. Is everything bad? <laughs> that, yeah, that's the reason. Can I, <laughs> for me, no. So I, it's all cerebral to me. No, I absolutely understand that. Much. It's not I emotional. Understand so that, there's a I dis- the same. There's a disconnect then between 
and and I'm not I'm this isn't a joke I'm serious you can't worship with your mind or there's not a part of thinking and th this I think is one of the the would be one of my big beefs with uh, some contemporary worship music is that it removes the element of you know thinking um, from worship and and I don't think that dichotomy is a good one um, I'm all I, I believe in experience but I, I think it um, you know uh, to capture our imagination we need to use our mind you know um, for, for worship to be imaginative and hope filled and like we have to use our mind right yeah, and that's that's a very Calvinist perspective on uh, not just worship, but how to experience God. It should be uh, traditionally traditional Calvinist is a very cerebral experience. You're supposed to check your emotions at the door uh, a little bit. You know, we we leave the emotions for the Baptists. Is, is the Calvinist <laughs> kind of kind of way to worship, and that. But but those two things with, don't have to be mutually exclusive. We don't. We can worship with our mind and our emotion. I didn't say that it, they had to be mutually exclusive. I'm just saying that that's kind of a traditional Calvinist way of thinking. Here's okay. my my question for you then, Mark. Is and, how do you on. worship? Hold on, Katie. I got to say I got to quick say something to Mark here because this is important. I I got to quick say this. You just um, interrupted our guest. I know. I'm sorry, Katie. But <laughs> no, right? She's never going to want to come back. back. Never I have back. I have a deep respect for um for how Beth has led our community through worship because. Mm -hmm. She has recognized uh, the multi-generations. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've heard her say that I really appreciate is that you may not see, uh, you know, you may not see hands flying in the air or, um, I mean, she, she grew up in, um, you know, like a farming kind of community in Minnesota or, or a small Midwest town. And she would say, you know, those, those folks in there, uh, they may not be dancing in the aisles and have hands in the air, but don't think for a second that they are not emotionally engaged mm. or um, stirred or called to a deeper obedience because of the words that they're saying. I mean, when they sing, it's it's loud, and um, you know that's where essentially like the emotion is leaving is through their their vocal mm. cords. So I I just want to push back a little bit against the traditional idea that you know hey the reformed Calvinist blah blah, blah didn't connect emotionally because I I think they did. Um, it just may not have looked like what the the charismatic emotion looks like in a worship service. Mm -hmm. So, just a little pushback on my friend Mark Leonard. Sorry, Katie, that was really rude. I'm going to be quiet good. now. It's rude. It's especially rude when you're as wrong as you are. But that's okay. Go ahead, Katie. It wouldn't have been rude if he was right. In other words, well, note to self. Note to one, self. One degree less rude. <laughs> uh, no. So no. So I just am curious. Like, what is your what is your method of worship? Because I hear you on that. Like, uh, music is probably I would I would say music is my number one way of engaging with God. Um, like that's a really mm -hmm. big deal in my personal spiritual life. But there are other other methods that are uh, that are extremely important to me. And so I would ask like, what what is yours, Mark? And is that something? Uh, I there's never like an explicit command in scripture that says when thou gets together thou shalt sing for 20 minutes then thou shalt hear a message for 40 minutes then thou shalt sing one more song then thou shalt leave right like there's no setup of a of a service so um, 
it, it just begs the question a little bit, should we be uh, opening other avenues of worship on Sunday mornings? Well, he says that in his article that it's unfortunate that the only way we currently participate on a Sunday morning as a community is via singing. Yeah, um, totally valid. There, there used to be other ways to participate. Uh, the mm -hmm. passing of the peace, um, you know, there was a, kind of a, a reading and response, uh, even things like a congregation prayer time, um, the Eucharist, you know, communion uh, yeah. weekly is a way for people to participate. Um, and really there's there's less participation now. Uh, a lot of, especially, you know, like, um, I don't know, more contemporary churches or whatever will, will essentially have singing and then a message. And it's like, you know, those are the two components of a service. And maybe like some some announcements and and that's it and there you go so I think that was something he kind of grieved was just the loss of other avenues of participation in um, for the con congregation on a Sunday morning and I don't necessarily think that we have to scratch everybody's itch in on a Sunday morning like for me sure. to answer your question Katie when I feel if I want to put myself in a place where I feel closest to God in a heart sense and in a mind sense, um, that for me is quiet meditation, prayer, and reading. That's alone time. It's not corporate at all. Uh, I'm, I'm too distracted by corporate worship and just getting together. That's not to say that church has no value for me and coming together on Sundays has sure. no value for me. But if I want to engage with that spiritual side of myself, it's not going to be, it's not going to be through music, most likely. And I think like that's something that in the past, at least, um, as a praise team and as a staff, we've tried to say, you know, let's make sure that we emphasize the fact that worship is that music is not the only form of worship that we have here on Sunday morning. We have we and we've had we've had we've said that from the stage, you know. This, us having offering, this is a chance for us to worship by giving of our gifts. You know, us ha praying together as a community is a way for us to experience worship in another way. Us learning and, and, and the teaching of the word again. And we try to reiterate that, I think, um, over time. And, and I think it's really good to remember that because it's not. Music is not the only way that we can experience. I remember Tim... Spectra, too, an uh, old pastor that we had before, one of his huge ways was like nature. He loved to be able to go to the mountains and sit in nature, and that was worship for him. And right. so I think, yeah, absolutely, there's tons of ways, and there's it's good for us to reiterate them again, you know, um, regularly. Right, right. All right, so let's, uh, let's wrap this up with like, your final thought on this topic and just kind of go around the horn. Let's well, I had a question. I did have a question though because we kind of brought Katie here for a reason that because she had started this new worship cafe, we haven't really talked about it much. <laughs> We're love 45 to talk minutes about that. And Nick was very precise. <laughs> 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Katie, well, I, tell, you should tell us about worship cafe and what that is. And is there actually coffee there? <laughs> That's the question, right? You have to come and find out. Uh, the uh, I I think we've actually already addressed like a lot of a lot of what that is. Um, basically, 
we sat down a while ago, uh, myself, Terry, Aaron, um, and Beth, and and said, hey, we have this this beautiful, diverse, multi generational church um, who worships differently and and engages differently and sings different styles of music and um, and how can we keep on creating spaces where more and more people um, can can further engage right um, in a way that maybe is natural uh, more natural for them um, than the style uh, we're currently playing on Sunday mornings so out of that out of that question was kind of birthed this uh, this cafe style um, worship night uh, that we're starting up once a month on Sunday evenings uh, down mm -hmm. in the river house where we're we're just creating kind of a space of extended worship so again this is this is more of the um, immersion rather than accompaniment that we're going for right um where where we have this space of just extended worship and we have the room set up even with a couple activities like um we had like a writing activity we had like a stones of remembrance activity like just things set up so that so that people can uh practice worship outside of just sitting and, and listening or sitting and singing um and and yeah just kind of create a space for for people to try something maybe that they haven't tried before or or to practice worship in a way that they um are maybe more comfortable with um in a in a different style than we play sunday morning so it's a lot of what it's a lot of what we've already talked about tonight but just uh you know that, that was birthed out of the question of how do we continue creating spaces for different kinds of worship because everyone nice. does worship differently yeah, and in this past Sunday, I know there was a group that gathered uh, for hymn sings as well. Yeah, and that was another that flowed out of that conversation as well, and that was that's really cool because that's actually a couple of sixth graders who really wanted to see that happen, mm -hmm. and uh, Beth's daughters set that up. I think that's such a, a neat story as well. So that's cool. That's neat yeah. that you guys are recognizing the difference and creating spaces for people to engage differently. I think that's Do fantastic. you think I wasn't, yeah. sadly wasn't allowed to be there, what, or I wasn't able, I should say. I was yeah, allowed. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, uh, it's your mom and dad that you get grounded. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> um, But they, i just curious, like, do you feel that it was successful? Do you feel that there were challenges, things that were difficult? Yeah, I mean, it was our first time out, so so there were like the bumps in the road, technically, right, where where we were trying to figure out um, how the space worked and you know sound system and all that type of stuff. Um, but but for first time out, I I was really happy with how it went, and um, and we had people that uh, you know we talked about the uh, to about with God, and we had people that expressed that like yeah they did connect with God in that space. And um and that was kind of the goal of it. So so in that sense, yeah, I would I would chalk it up as a successful first outing. And and I'm excited to kind of get those technical the technical rubble cleared away a little more for the next time around too. Have you got a plan for what when the next time around might be? Yeah, March 22nd. I think we're still finalizing the time, but but we'll be announcing that. Very cool. Yeah. Nick, do you have last thoughts on this topic? Um, it's something that I know. As a uh, community, we're going to keep talking about, and I'm excited for the conversation because I think it uh, specifically. I I look forward to um, just kind of like what it uncovers about who God is to each of us, and uh, who I think and how even His presence will continue to grow in our community. And you know, we call this the Love Shared Podcast, and as a community, we kind of say, "Hey, worship is the place where we." Uh, receive love, 
you know, it's the place where we're reminded of who we are as um, vulnerable and needy beggars uh, who, you know, who need God's grace and his love in our lives. And without it, we're kind of lost. So um, I, I'm looking forward to just the continued conversation because I, help, I think it helps us uh, establish our identity as a community of people yeah. in need of that love. And uh, I think the more we, we do that, uh, the more I think we're, we're changed and become the, the people that God is inviting us to be. So, yes, it's good. I, I'm especially thankful, too, that uh, for people like Katie and Terry who um, are willing to lead and leadership can be a really challenging thing and it can be a discouraging thing, um, but then it can also be just kind of exhilarating. And uh, I really appreciate them. Uh, taking the steps that they have, I'm looking forward to seeing where God will keep leading them in the future. And um, hopefully, uh, I, I've, it's been cool because we've seen kids in youth ministry even um, following their footsteps already as well. So uh, hopefully that can continue to happen. Terry, what are you? What are your last thoughts on this? Oh gosh. Um. Yeah. That's I like that. <laughs> I like seeing uh, this happen because I, I've been a part of Worship at the River for 20 years now, which is scary and weird. But um, and I and I think that one of the things that the river does well is um, reevaluate themselves and see how they can be effective. Um, and be relevant. Uh, they've ch we've our worship experience has just changed, and it's always constantly changing, and it's always constantly growing. And this is just another opportunity f to see that happen at the river. Um, this is just another way in which we're saying, you know, this can be even this can be different, and this can uh, be even something more. And um, so it's really cool to see more people a part of that. Um, and to get to participate with those people, um, I just I love doing I love worshiping with people. It's awesome and it's fun. And so when I get to do it with different people in different ways, it's so cool. And I love to see that. So. Cool. Katie, what are your final thoughts on uh, whether this is a problem that we need to solve, or is it simply a conversation we need to continue having? I. I I like to think of it as a conversation. You know, I don't, I don't know that I'm the one to call it a problem or a conversation, but, but uh, I know I have benefited immensely from this conversation. And, um, and I know like being, being 21 and coming in and being like, let's worship this way. Like having, having people uh, kind of say, I, I remember someone telling me when I was a little kid, uh, someone looked at me and said, did you know God likes all styles of worship music? I was like, what? No, there's those really annoying ones. There's no way he likes that. They're like, no, he, he hears our heart and he, and he uh, is blessed by like when we choose to come to him and, and he doesn't care if there's an electric guitar or no piano or, you know, he, he uh, obviously, you know, values excellence, but he's so, uh, excited to, to meet his kids, right? And it's, it's like what Nick was saying, to, to meet with us and remind us, uh, you know, how desperately we need him and how much we're loved by him. And, um, and so I think I've, I've learned a lot by being exposed to, to different styles and different methods of worship and things like that. And, um, and in the midst of that, you know, just being like, oh, 
So the way I worship isn't the way everybody worships. The way, you know, so-and-so worships isn't necessarily the way I worship, and that's that's beautiful. Like, that's part of the diversity. That's part of the, you know, us us loving each other and, and learning from each other is part of, you know, the fulfillment of what Jesus prayed for in John 17. And, and uh, so I think, I think my closing thoughts are just that I'm honored and really excited to be a part of seeing that um, kind of tapestry come together um, and specifically at the river and just in that community. And that's just really exciting to, to see and get to kind of walk, walk as a part of that. And um, yeah, and just see how God shows up in that. All right. So Terry, maybe you could do us a favor and post a link to that article on the uh, river Facebook page so that if people who are listening to this, they can check that out or maybe they'll see the article first and then they'll want to hear the conversation. Mm -hmm. We can kind of continue the conversation online. All right. All right, folks. So look for that on the river Facebook page. That is our show. We have argued, we've disagreed, we've compromised our positions, but most importantly, we have shared some love. Thanks for joining us tonight. If you were listening live, and if you're not, thanks for downloading this episode. You can download more episodes if you go look for us on iTunes. Search for The River Church, or just go to theriverCRC.com. That's the church's website. That is where you will find links to the podcast feed, the blog, and a bunch of other good stuff about our church community. We welcome your feedback. If you've got some ideas for the show, we'd love to hear them. We probably won't do any of them, but we'd love to hear them just the same. Find us in church or send an email to theriverCRCblog at gmail.com. TheriverCRCblog at gmail.com. All right, Katie, you are going to take us out tonight. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks, Katie. Yes. You rock. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Thanks rock for us here. out of here, Katie. Take us out. Okay, we're going to give this a go. This has been banjo lilies. <laughs> Have a that good was night, a, guys. That was a banjo lily. That was a